0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 10 of Open Conversations. On today's show, I welcome my guest Ikea. Um, So today's show, not to say it's depressing, but we really had a good, honest conversation about Ghana and some of its issues that we don't talk about more often. Um, We talked about the political climate. We talked about how hard it is for entrepreneurs in Ghana as far as building a business. And we actually asked the question, will we ever see a female president? in our lifetime in Ghana. Um, the answer may surprise you, or it may actually not surprise you depending on where you're coming from. So yeah, this is a really good episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. How are you doing though?
1: <laughs> I'm okay. Lockdown down things. Um, life's a little dull on this side, but I'm good.
0: Yeah, as a dog, because it seems now everything is just work, work, work. It's just, it's so concentrated now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, like, there's really not a discreet end to the workday, really. Like, you work till you're sort of done. And then, like, it's not like, oh, I need to get the train. Oh, I need to get in a cab and go home. It's like, if you if you need to work till 11, you do it, because you don't have a commute. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, oh, my bed, bed is right there. So I guess it's not so bad but
0: yeah yeah but your bed is kind of now your semi-office too at the moment
1: yeah i try not to work in bed but sometimes if i'm on a really long conference call where i just have to listen i'm just like guys i'm gonna get it (laughs) i'm gonna take this call from bed but yeah it's cool
0: yeah so same here. I think everybody is just work obsessed around. Right? Everybody's like, okay, we need to go get money. So let's go and find new businesses and clients. And it's like, okay, can I rest on the weekend? No.
1: <laughs> money never sleeps or whatever. I oh, know that's not the right saying. I have forgotten what it is, but like,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think if it's if like you that. want
1: to make the money, like especially if you're trying to do it as an entrepreneur, which is one of the reasons why I'm not, probably never will be one, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, entrepreneur is always interesting, going into different sectors and trying to make a business.
1: Yeah, nah. it's not for me. I will work for you as an entrepreneur. I'll work for an entrepreneur. I just don't think I want to be one. I'm one of those people who the, the entrepreneurs on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook are always like, they sing us, oh, you're 95 people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but we <when> make <laughs> your dreams actually happen, so show some respect.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. You know, give me a nine to five, I'll take it, you know. at least, at least I know end of the month something's gonna hit my account.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's certainty. Oh well, okay.
0: I mean, but you know, you could always do like this side hustle or side jobs if you want to.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I do feel that this the side hustle thing has been it's sort of been presented as a necessity. Mm -hmm. Like you must have multiple streams of income um, to the point that people don't realize that it's not a hobby that you get paid for. It's still a business most of the time. And so you need to approach it with the right level of professionalism. Your product needs to be of a certain quality. um, And you need to put in more time into it than you would think, Mm -hmm. right? So occasionally, I've had to deal with people where the business in in question is their side hustle. And it's evident that they just don't have the time.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think time... Um,
1: But it's tough. It's tough finding that balance. It definitely is tough finding that balance.
0: Yeah, true. I think sometimes you want to do your main job and at least try to get something incoming, you know, just for a rainy day. But nowadays, I mean, what time Mm. do you have Monday to Friday is your main job? Where do you have time to do the side hustle?
1: Well, <laughs> I guess you just cut your sleep down to four hours a night and working the night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, we know anyway. yeah, sleep. But yeah, I actually wanted to get into a conversation about work in general. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially so in this Ghana. is when the
1: podcast starts.
0: Yeah, I guess so, right? Okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're let still me having... know when it starts.
0: <laughs> no, we're still we're still talking. I think it starts officially now. Oh, it's been starting, actually. But yeah, I think Ghana is interesting as far as the (laughs) job market, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm always asking people as far as work relation with your bosses. It seems that sometimes people get the short end of the stick when it comes to working, as Mm -hmm. far as contracts or, you know, what you're supposed to get paid at the end of the month. It seems Mm -hmm. that you're getting undervalued, because people do like multiple positions all at once at their jobs, and they can never get compensated for it.
1: Oh my mm-hmm. room. Uh, um hmm, I definitely think salaries in Ghana are shockingly low shockingly um, I don't know enough about the labor industry or the supply and demand for labor in Ghana to know why exactly that's the case, but I'm always surprised when I hear salaries from established companies and realize they're much lower than what you know i've seen people get paid at the startups that i worked at
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i would not expect to hear a salary from a large bank and be surprised that it that is low really? um, the banks yeah yeah i i do think some of not all of them obviously like that's the thing i think that's the thing with the banks those who get paid well get paid really well mm-hmm. but a lot of people have access to credit and allowances i don't think they're actually paid as well as they think they should be paid like can you raise a family on the salary even if you even if you don't have a family Hmm. you know i always hear the size and i think oh okay like i think you should be paid more this bank is probably making enough money to pay you more it's true right um i also think in my experience with hiring people I usually just ask, how much do you want to get paid? And Mm -hmm. it always throws people for a loop. I don't know if it's a cultural thing or I just ended up interviewing very shy people, but they get Mm -hmm. very embarrassed and very uncomfortable and don't want to say how much it is they want to make. But maybe it's just me. I don't, I don't, the hiring decision isn't based on how much you said you wanted to make. I know the range I have in my head, it's just trying to get a sense of whether we have the same expectations.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think
1: and that, so they lowball themselves.
0: They, they do. I've heard lots of stories about that. They do, and that. I'm like,
1: don't do that. You should have an idea in your head of how much you want to, and even if you don't know how taxes work and everything, have an idea of your net, mm-hmm. right? And I had an experience early days when I moved back to Ghana. So it's like 2014 asking people this question them saying getting hired then a couple of months down the line them coming back and saying oh i need more money mm. i don't have enough money it's not enough and i'm thinking but what do you think this is <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this is not pocket money this is a job with a salary like yeah. but then i also realized okay these these people are young mostly under 25 at the time yeah. you know don't know any better so we'd have the conversation about when you're asked how much you want to make, you should have an answer. You should know your expenses, how much it's going to cost you to get to work, come back, your lunch, you know, all those other things. These are adult things that you should know. And then most of the time there was room to give them that raise, but I was so surprised in the beginning that, Just no experience, no idea of how to ask for the money you think that you are owed.
0: I think one of the reasons might be, like you said, culturally, because growing up, like, what do we really do as far as education? We go to school, we learn everything Mm -hmm. else. And then we go to university where you're not really taught that. You're not really taught that here's what expectations of the job market are. You just go, learn, Mm -hmm. learn, 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 study, Mm -hmm. study, 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 crunch, 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 write exams, pass, and then come out. And then when you come to the job market, then you realize, oh, this is actually much different than I expected. And you're not really as prepared as you should be, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, I've also done like, you know, job hiring when it asks about salary expectations. And it's like very shy. It's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe that. And it's like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you should be a bit more confident in what you you should, should earn. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: it also comes from the lack of transparency. So if mm-hmm. I'm applying for a job, especially if it's a job that um, isn't especially unique, in, I can go on Glassdoor in the UK or the US. I can go yeah. on Glassdoor and get a range, if nothing else, yeah. if not an exact amount. There isn't that transparency for non, maybe non-multinational and maybe non-expat jobs yeah. in Ghana. There isn't the benchmarking, it just it's so arbitrary. So I can kind of see why people don't know what they should be earning. Mm. But you know, still you should know what you want to earn and stand by it. <laughs> I know it's easier said than done. I remember when um Adam did a, a thread on on Twitter about uh developer salaries and it sort of just sent shockwaves through the through the community <laughs> and I was like, you know, this thing needs to happen more often. People need to know if I'm a year out of undergrad, two, three years out of undergrad, and I start at a bank as the teller, what I should be making, you know, as X, Y, Z at X company, what I should be making. If I'm a sales agent for a manufacturing company, what I should be making. People should have an idea of those things.
0: Yeah, you're right about that because i know in ghana we don't really have that transparency everything is you got to ask somebody hey do you have this information mm-hmm. you have that information and mm-hmm. even then you don't really get as much as you should get like you yeah. said and i can go to the us and i can just look okay how much does a designer make and i get an average like they have a job market and yeah. they have like so many different resources to find out but in ghana it's like hmm, you're kind of like um what is this word you just estimate or guesstimating what you're trying to earn
1: mm-hmm. yeah and then there's also a lot of there's not a lot of trust so i don't okay. think people talk about their salaries
0: yeah what is, what is that is that a cultural thing as well
1: honestly i don't know any culture where people talk about their salaries but i think the reasons <laughs> differ from place to place um you know there's the whole my enemies my enemies that we love you don't want your enemies to know what's going on lest they uh Wish ill on you and it comes to pass yeah, so there is that suspicion you don't want people to come and ask you for money. I think that's also another thing uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah have you uh, heard
1: globally about... it's, uh, like I don't think anywhere people are that comfortable, but you know different motivations
0: true have you heard of um this company buffer like their social media kind of uh, platform, so uh, I not. That... oh yes, yeah. so the interesting story about that is the CEO has publicly listed his salary as well as his employee salary so if you actually go online right now you can actually Mm -hmm. search and find the salary of what the ceo of um, buffer makes and it's a very interesting experiment to see how much they make i guess this is just like a vote of transparency like here you go here's how everybody makes so i guess when people come into the company they Mm -hmm. should know that they're going to have their Um, salaries known for everybody else in the company to see as Mm, well as public mm -hmm. and I don't think that will ever ever happen in Ghana (laughs) or anywhere else
1: yeah I mean that's that's definitely one end of the spectrum because in 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 the UK at least I think for public servants you can access public servant salaries Mm -hmm. some of them have to be declared in annual financial statements so mm-hmm. I think, um, let's say the president of public university or maybe the I the principal of a sixth form college, if it's a public institution, certain people's salaries need to be disclosed as a matter of public information. But I don't know that for the private sector here. Mm, that's um, interesting. So I guess it depends. But I mean, in Ghana, if I wanted to know how much the heads of the various government agencies or the likes of you know, Cocoa Board and this, that, and the other agency, what they, what they, what their take on was, I don't, I'm, I guess you could find out, but I don't know if, you, if you're a regular member of the public and you're not a journalist. I don't know how easy yeah. it is to get a yeah, hold that, of that sort of information, but the transparency has to start somewhere.
0: It really does because, I mean, we're all taxpayers, so we should know how much my money is going to whoever to get the job done, right?
1: Exactly, yeah yeah <laughs> you but should yeah. there's a lot of shoulds going on but that's the you problem. should have access it to... should that's, <laughs> so that's, it's me, it there me.
0: are too many shoulds there should be um it is what it is it should be there but yeah but that even like leads to what i want to talk about as far as ghana mm-hmm. in general i'm always thinking to myself like i have some critiques of ghana as, as a country mm-hmm. i think there's some things we do well some things we don't do well and mm-hmm. i always try to point that out to people I've talked to like here's the bad part and here's a good part but sometimes it feels like whenever I point out the bad part there's always somebody there who's like what are you talking about <laughs> you're talking too much you're too known whatever whatever and it's it's always funny to me it's like we need to push these things out in public for people to know that mm-hmm. hey we got problems we're not perfect we have problems like yeah. have you ever faced like that type of situation where somebody this comes at you because you're talking about how bad something in Ghana is?
1: Um, never to my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely a thing I have experienced and I have seen happen to other people who speak the truth about what living in Ghana is like. Um, I don't I still don't fully know where it comes from. I have different theories, none of them is watertight, but mm. You know, sometimes I think people are just afraid to acknowledge how bad things are. Hmm. Um what the benefit of that is, I don't know, but maybe they don't want to disturb the peace, however fragile they have, Hmm. by acknowledging that you know, some aspects of their lives or the lives of the people around them, some of those aspects of their lives are dreadful. Yes. And cannot are not sustainable. Um Maybe thinking, maybe the problem is so big. But then if you sit down and you list Ghana's problems, you won't really sleep well at all. So it's like, maybe it's easier to just, and then somebody comes along and is being all annoying and is like, oh, the GRA is crap. The banking system is trash. You know, our education system is doing our our children a disservice. Our roads are awful. You know, there's no pipe on water for, for the majority of people. Electricity is is unstable. Maybe you just don't want to hear it. Maybe you just don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah, Um. And that's fair. That's fair, which is why most of the time, most platforms, you can mute and block people. (laughs) So so they're coming back to fight people for talking, I don't get. But, you know, like I said, maybe it's people's, their own coping mechanism.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but you're right about that. I always thinking to myself, like what's the theory for that? And I'm always, I noticed some uh, kind of a trend or just something I've noticed is that we tend to, even in smaller families or smaller groups of people, we tend to not mm-hmm. want people to know what's happening internally as far as problems. So mm-hmm. we want to appear kind of good on the outside and the inside mm-hmm. problems wanna sweep it under the rug as much as we can.
1: I mean, I've seen so many people talk about it, this whole packaging thing we do where everybody's trying to make it look like their life is so great. Mm-hmm. There's definitely an element of that. And I guess I, part of me, I haven't really thought this through, but part of me wonders if there is a sort of, um, sort of the, the prosperity gospel culture has right. seeped into it as well. So it's sort of, how are you? I'm blessed, right? <laughs> right. Um, And so anything other than that, you know, I've heard people preach against complaining, um, as if complaining because it's not helpful, but stating what is wrong is not complaining. And you know what? Complaining is fine. It is fine. If you are uncomfortable, you have the right to say it. Um, so I, you know, there's a lot of that don't complain, just be thankful, which I mean, you know, it has its place, Hmm. but if you know you don't don't complain just be thankful when there's so much social injustice going on for one true you know yeah be thankful for what you have and try and fight for everybody to have what you have don't just be there like oh i'm okay so i'm thankful you know it's it's i don't know it's a strange it's a strange thing maybe the psychologist can help us (laughs) <laughs> understand it but <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: but but it's funny because this whole pandemic thing that has come around now it's it's it has just exposed all that people have been complaining about in the recent past like you know mm-hmm. whatever it's drainage whatever it's no safety net for people who are impoverished and stuff like that and it's like you see here you go we've been talking about this for ages and now you know the chickens what is that for the chickens have come home
1: chickens have come home to roost
0: yes yeah, exactly. i mean
1: You know how, for some people, something isn't real unless it happens to them? Yeah. So it could be that the pandemic has made it such that people are realizing just how scary it is for those who don't have. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) now they're realizing that, oh, you know, I'm reading the news about what other countries are doing in response, and I'm looking at what my country is doing. Yeah. And now that I am actually scared... The difference in our healthcare systems matters to me. Yeah, you know, because I always say, like, when when people when you, when people try and argue that all oh, our doctors are selfish, yeah. or you know, try and make excuses for the healthcare system, I I am convinced they've just not experienced it. Yeah, because if you had, you would realize that it's more than doctors and nurses. The the problem is is way above their heads, right? That's so true. Um, Like I had the unfortunate experience of um, having a a relative be gravely ill at Kolebu and visiting him a day before he died. And it's been years and I I have not forgotten it. The state of the place.
2: I remember, yeah. I I think,
1: like I said, for some people, until it happens to them, until they are desperate and the system fails them, they don't want to hear other people complaining about it.
0: Hmm. yeah with the example you said of kolobu i remember i had an uncle who i had to go donate blood for and just Mm -hmm. a whole experience even seeing him in the you know in his room and then even what i got to go do the blood work and i'm like wow really people go through this you know on daily basis sometimes weekly basis and i'm like my goodness this is terrible even the state yeah even the state of the kolobu hospital itself you know is not to be admired
1: and this is, and people think it's about doctors and nurses. Look, these same doctors and nurses, you put them in a functioning system and they will function. Yeah. They are doing their best most of the time, I feel. Yes, you have a few bad apples, but most of the time they're working in a system that they were just, that is just, they're working miracles when they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you shouldn't have doctors chasing blood contributing to buy drugs for patients because they can't afford it like all that stuff should be handled so but obviously the, the the doctors and nurses are the ones you see when you go so they are the ones on whom you can pour your wrath but it's really way much higher than that
0: mm. but yeah they not, don't
1: build the infrastructure they don't maintain it so They're all. just at cogs all. in the in the system
0: yeah yeah. And every time it seems that when we build another, some infrastructure for health it always gets caught up in some political tirade or something else.
1: Yeah, because our government only knows how to build structures not systems.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point.
1: You know, systems don't come with the opportunity to benefit. So, you know, the procurement is where the fun is mm, yes so true. contracting and the buying of the materials and the commissioning of software and blah blah and then once that's done you have to bring in the people but getting people to pay you to hire them there's not a whole lot of money to be made from the people hmm. so that's where that's where it falls apart building a hospital is, is the easy part
2: Yeah, but having a
1: functioning healthcare system is different. There's no glory in that. There's no glory in building that. It's ugly work. It's pen to paper, crunching numbers. Like it's not, it's not the kind of stuff people who are typically drawn to politics in Ghana want to do.
0: (laughs) That is true. That is very true. It's it's just about, you know, I want the glory, but I don't want to do the behind the scenes work to get the glory.
1: Or maybe they can't, because All of these things, (laughs) they are things people are trained to do, people learn through experience, people go to school for. Mm -hmm. You don't just get up one day and make policy. Mm. So, you know, if you can't get the people, the right people to want to join you, you know, because you think about it, it's always running over to USAID or DFID or um, Danita or whoever when it comes to public health interventions, contraception, maternal and child health, immunizations. Always running to foreign donors. You wonder how much control do you have over your own health policy? Hmm. And so when it comes to things that are above their remit, then it falls apart because now somebody isn't coming to help you, you know, out of, I don't, I won't speak to their motivations, but, you know, it's just, it falls apart. Because now it's not foreign funded, you know. I don't, I don't even know. I'm just speaking from what I have seen, and I'd love for someone to correct me. But mm. I don't think I've ever seen proper end-to-end investment in healthcare by a Ghanaian government.
0: Hmm. Well, that's sad. But, um, but would you give them credit for what they attempted last year? We you know with the whole year of return thing, because I think that's one of the initiatives that seems to have gotten like international praise even local and even international you know from from the international community or are we just kind of doing the same thing yeah it looks good on the front end but on the back end it might not be as rosy
1: well give who credit the government
0: yeah the government for doing that yeah the initiative
1: sure i'll give them credit (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, well, but like I wasn't there, I wasn't around for for year of return. Um, all I know is, ever since I left Ghana in 03 December has been the time for people to come home and party. Yeah. So, I'm not gonna come and say, oh, the government did 20%, and the existing culture of or the system. I don't even know what to call it. Tradition of December return was 80%. I'm not going to try and split ratios, Mm -hmm. but this was not an idea born out of the government (laughs) of Ghana.
0: Yeah, I think somebody said... Did
1: they take something and put their stamp of approval on it to give it more widespread legitimacy? Absolutely. But I am not going to potentially... Erase the efforts of people outside government who have been building this thing over the years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you know, ten years ago, yeah, we we came home every Christmas and party, but mm-hmm. yo, it's a different level now.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, it, things are a completely different level. So, you know, everybody, so many different people have put in work. Um, sure. Oh, oh, if if the government want to pat on the back, fine, whatever. It's it's really. <laughs> At the end of the day, if I need to give you a pat on the back for a year of return, fine, you can have it. The fact still remains that when infrastructure actually matters, you fall short. That's so.
0: a, that is definitely something that I observed because um, I think even before that, a couple of months before that I was going, I went to Western Region to do a tour mm-hmm. of, I think it's around Cape Three Points, and there was some lighthouse structures, you know, from the olden times. Mm-hmm. And I was really taken aback by how, I don't know if I say poorly maintained, but, you know, mm-hmm. having dedicated infrastructure or, or tourism-like infrastructure to actually be there for people to come, get a good mm-hmm. history of what the place was like before everything else. And it was just lacking. It was kind of disappointing. I mean, we had a tour guide, but even where, he had like this makeshift booth that he had. And it's like, man... If you gave this go, that you some money to put together a structure where you can actually boost tourism. Maybe very self-efficient. And it was kind so, of...
1: Scary. my experience with tourism in Ghana is limited. But I went to the mausoleum for the first time in my life, even though I grew up sorry, in Kolebuzo, so not too far away. Um, when I was in my, I'll say, late 20s, a friend, a Nigerian friend had come to visit. So I said, oh, she wanted to do some sightseeing. So I took her there and so it gets to the part where you need to pay to enter mm-hmm. and the lady asks us if we are Ghanaians. and i said yeah i'm Ghanaian. and she's like how can how can she know or something along those lines and mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know you asked me <laughs> and she's like uh what's me and i was like oh, no. and me and and so she and then my friend asked me a question in English with a very strong Nigerian accent. And the lady was like, No, she's not Ghanaian, she she needs to pay. I said, Okay, fine. I mean the the ultimately it didn't cost that much money. Yeah. But I was like, first of all, what to make really that's how you're gonna ascertain whether or not I'm Ghanaian? Are we really about to do this? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's a whole other, you know. Yeah.
0: Edit. Yeah.
1: And then, we so we go in. You know, it's clean enough. They've got these peacocks, terrifying animals, screaming mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're pretty. Um, we take some pictures. Obviously, there's a bridal party. Come and take pictures. It's one of the few places in our crowd with a bit of grass.
2: Yeah, it's true. Um,
1: and they have this very cute little, I don't even know what to call it. You, you've been to the mausoleum, right? The little yeah. museum?
0: Yeah, I've been to the mausoleum, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was nice. And then we were done in, like, I don't know, 20 minutes. But... Mm you know, it was all right, but considering what it is, there should be more to that experience than that.
0: Yeah, you're right. I remember last year I went to Singapore for, and I was there for like a week and a half and we were mm-hmm. going to like visiting tourist sites here and there. And you can just see how much they have invested in tourism because we yeah. got everything, the history, bus rides, different Mm -hmm. places everything like when I when I was done with that um, visit like I knew way more about Singapore than I knew before and I feel that if somebody were to come to Ghana and want to get like the Ghana experience are they going to get that same type of Singaporean tourism experience (laughs) or not because I don't see much
1: Sure. really singapore is where we're going with the comparison i mean, I mean listen i know
0: singapore is like the crown jewel i know but i'm just saying because we have a lot of history a lot of culture and i feel like we're not <laughs> exploiting that as much as we should
1: yeah definitely we're not um and what frightens me is how the more time passes the more we're losing the people mm-hmm. who keep the history yeah. usually in their heads yeah. Yeah. Some people have written it down, but you lose that richness, right? True. Um. It, it's 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 scary that more hasn't been done, even when it comes to film.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised at that part. Where,
1: like, if I wanted, I've I've asked and heard gotten different answers about where I could get old Ghanian films. Hmm. It's never a straightforward answer.
0: Um, yeah, like who owns that? Who's holding that? like where can they put it online maybe for people to just go and see or maybe mm-hmm. purchase digitally like you wonder
1: mm-hmm. old newspapers when i was in undergrad yes. i worked in the microfiche department of the university library for I think, a couple of semesters and i didn't even know what microfiche was i don't do you <laughs> know what microfiche is
0: yeah i do i do I yeah. the yeah. first
1: time i saw it i was like this is so cool i know i know tiny shrunk down screenshots of newspapers from the 1910s and 19 i was just amazed i I don't know if we have that for any of our newspapers
0: yeah i mean you wonder like okay what is it what was it like back in the 70s like what was the newspapers writing about all those times and we don't have because
1: that yeah it gives you a record it's a historical record
0: yeah I mean, um, I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> for some sites for trying to preserve, like, old pictures and put them online. I mean, it's really, because mm-hmm. I remember I was seeing a picture of the old airport city area, and it was, it's mm-hmm. so fascinating to see how bare that land was.
1: And I mean, now, it was bare when I was a kid. I remember that intersection. It's been bare
0: i mean it's, it's been bad but if you saw those pictures it's, it's like wow i mean and especially the cars the olden cars that I used to drive along those,
1: yeah like, wow yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we definitely need more of those
1: i mean for reference one of my earliest memories of ghana because i lived abroad for a little while so this is maybe six six or seven years old people still had the original Beatles. the car
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't uncommon. I mean, it wasn't super common, but it wasn't, you weren't surprised when you saw one. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, things have really changed a lot.
0: They have, they have. I mean, I was talking to someone recently and was saying that the way our cries is progressing, we are totally gentrifying everything. It's, we're just losing, you know, really good places to go, like historical landmarks and stuff. And it's just been taken over by, I guess you can say capitalism, but yeah.
1: I, I don't know about this gentrifying. Or doesn't gentrifying imply that it's aesthetically <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> improved? Like even though you're destroying, you know, neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. but you're making it look, quote unquote, better. Yeah. We're not doing either of those. Well, we we are destroying. We're destroying communities and neighborhoods, and I don't even want to speak about the monstrosities that they're putting in their place. Yeah. Um it's strange, like Accra, Accra has no rhyme or reason. When I was in my late teens, I was early twenties maybe, um, a family friend of ours, very old gentleman, who was a town planner in Kruma's time. Um, he, you know, we got to talking and he talked about how, you know, the original plans for Accra and how Kotaka was initially on the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. Atomic was in the middle of nowhere because, obviously, atomic energy, right? Yeah. Um, University of Ghana was, you know, there was a special bus that brought the students, well, a mammy truck, effectively, that brought mm-hmm. the students into to Accra to, to shop. You know, it was a completely different city. And there was a plan. But, you know, government instability, coup after coup, it just got lost, by the way. Got oh, um, lost. And so right now, it just, yeah, lost, uh-huh, was cast aside. <laughs> but now, you just have a city that doesn't make any sense. It makes yeah. absolutely no sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is just, what was the word, it's just abhorrence now. Everything just comes up, it's like no rhyme or reason, whatever. Why is this building or this structure here? You don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's like Tataquashi Like the mall. Like, I remember when I came back to Ghana, two thousand twelve. I was wondering, oh, the mall. Who,
1: who built
0: this mall in the middle of the city? Yeah. Don't build giant malls in the middle of cities. You build them outskirts. People can just go and come back.
1: Yeah, I mean the mall. Oh dear, what a disaster. <sighs> um. Yeah, I don't. I. I feel like I've been having this conversation about the mall ever since they built it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, it's it's it has, it's going to be there for a bit. Not, nobody's going to move it. Mm-mm. Unless it goes bankrupt or something, but no, it's going to be there for a bit.
1: I don't even know how... I mean, this is why you have civil engineers, right? If they said, okay, you know, this mall is here to stay, how do we amend the flow of traffic to make it to remove a lot of the choke points, I think hmm. it is doable because it's just not sustainable.
0: It is not because as more, when you get more traffic, you're going to get more congestion and everything else and you just can't mm-hmm. deal with it. Just going to get, it's going to get to a point where nothing can move there and everything is going to be very inefficient.
1: Because I, I mean, I used to work um, in P and live in adenta so the fastest route would have been to come on the n1 do the loop at the mall and then get onto liberation road that loop at the mall could take an hour
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. i think I've, um, I've i've been in those traffic situations
1: and it's just you know you have this two lane sort of slip road and then charters and taxis have taken up all of it. So everybody squeezed into one lane
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you have traffic coming from Spintex and this tiny roundabout that, I mean, it was just, it was just design failure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I used to get so upset. So in the end, I just stopped, started using the Lingon campus route. But then I stopped because they started robbing people on the Kimber Road.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can't do that, no more.
1: Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just, you, you just think about it. I'm like, this has been a problem for long enough that you would have thought someone would have come up with a solution. Is it that people, don't, people in charge don't realize that it's a problem with a solution?
0: I think it might be because it's hard work, you know, to actually fix something. Sit sit down, plan everything on it, permanently fix it. It's too much work. It's like our drainage problem. Every year, the rains come, it floods, and same thing happens every single year. Rains repeat. That's a problem we need to fix, but we're not fixing it.
1: I would argue that sorting out the congestion at the Accra Mall is way easier. <laughs> I mean, yes, it. <laughs> it is.
0: You're right, it is like, easier.
1: I can see how, and this is in no way an excuse, because as a government, that's your job. But I can see how you look at the drainage situation in Accra and you just get scared and don't even want to start. Because you will have to pull some houses down. You will. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you will. You definitely will.
1: And it won't be the usual people you like to treat like trash and dirt.
0: No, no. It it's will people...
1: be people who will fight you back.
0: Yeah, they have power.
1: So, and that's it was what scares them because you're not used to making hard decisions when it involves people who quote-unquote matter to them. So, well, here we are. It gets worse and worse every year. New neighborhoods that didn't used to flood start flooding. <sighs>
0: Is it that we just don't plan for the future and everything is just like the wild, wild west here?
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the, at, you know, without making it seem like something that is set in stone and can't ever be changed. You know, with the right amount of time and effort, anything can be changed, right? So it's about having a longer term plan. But unfortunately, it's difficult to have a long term plan when you are governing to election.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always like that. It's just clockwork every four years. And then the last year is when you see lots of movement, lots of mobility to fix stuff up.
1: Yeah, and it's just this cosmetic. It's not gonna it's not gonna hold.
0: It never holds I mean,
1: literally, it's not gonna hold. You came, I remember when before the last elections, they came and retapped the roads in Hacho.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And they used this very thick asphalt <laughs> that I've never seen before. And I was like, what kind of asphalt is it like? And then, you know, elections are during dry season, right? Which is perfect. Yeah. So by the time the road has washed away, rainy season, you've already won or lost or whatever. Lost in that case. But... I was like, "Mm, guys, this is so obvious and it's not going to work. And it didn't... But Uh, that's what happens when you govern two elections. Like, the focus is not on creating long-lasting solutions. It's about banking on people's short memories.
0: Yeah, but at at some point, it has to be, like, unsustainable to the point where somebody gets fed up or a majority gets fed up. So how come we're kind of still lay so laid back with these things is it that um, I think my theory is that some people have some things to gain so they intentionally let it go and vice versa
1: I think onions are tired Joe
0: like you know just emotionally drained and exhausted
1: yeah because surviving is enough to surviving alone will drain you That's true So the road being bad Or the house flooding once a year And all that, you know, that ends But having to survive Doesn't end Mm. So It's like if you keep enough of the population In in financial limbo They're not going to have Either they don't have the energy to fight you Or you get to point where everybody's so desperate They have no choice but to fight you
0: Oof, man
1: Which is a scary proposition So we hope yeah,
0: that's yeah. terrifying.
1: But I'm. I sometimes I I. I don't like putting these words out, because I don't. You know, I I just don't like speaking. Believe it or not, terrible things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, just the thought of everybody who. Who who has been failed. Deciding they are done sitting down, for that to be the case. And lashing out in some way, or organizing in some way. Okay, less like it's organized now because of the pandemic. But you know what I mean. Yeah. What would that look like?
0: Hmm. What would that look like? That's a good question.
1: Because when I was a kid, I, I went to school, I went to university primary school. And that was back when university students still had aluters and all that. Hmm. It's been a long time since university students came together to complain about anything except maybe forcing their halls to become mixed sex
0: but, <laughs> well we have some issues <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm not saying that you know this is not meant to be shade but I do wonder what has changed
0: yeah, yeah maybe is the fact that people are just tired and like getting energy together to come and just come together and you know fight for a cause is just exhausting
1: it yeah, is exhausting i mean even remember was it 2014 they had the occupy march
0: yep yep i remember that much yeah
1: um it, it was the first of what i thought would be many but it ended up being the first and the last i believe
0: Mhm. yeah it just came i up. wonder
1: what would have happened if it had been a sustained thing sometimes i just wonder <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, we can dream. I mean, it would be, be good because then we we'll have a force that if anybody came into power, they would watch how they're walking, how they step because mm. it's a force that could actually change the tide very quickly if they're not careful.
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, this is the problem. This is what I was saying about finding old newspapers because I was a child when the Komi Prako uh, dis- demonstration happened in the 90s against VAT and the police actually shot, shot a couple of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. I don't think so. No, I think this was, this was definitely under Rawlings.
0: Oh, okay, that would make um. sense.
1: <laughs>
0: Just saying, I know, <laughs> that would make sense.
1: Um, but I don't, I don't know if we, like subsequently, I feel like the demonstrations we've had have been so political. It's clear which side is demonstrating.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
1: And like I said, because I was a child at the time, for all you know, that was also political party motivated. I don't know. But, you know, I just feel like we've gotten a lot... Ah, what's the word? I don't or... want to say docile because that has negative connotations. So I'll just like, say calmer, mm-hmm. it seems, and I'm not sure why.
0: Hmm yeah it is a bit calmer as far as yeah if you want to do like a protest i mean people just don't have the energy like i think Mm. when was it was it that last what was that last protest we wanted to do as far as the government wanted to build a new chamber or something
1: oh yeah the uh, parliament 200 million dollar new parliament
0: house yeah and people were like hey you're you can't just get get up and build a whole new chamber there's other other things you need to spend the money on
1: that should have been a wake-up call for Ghanaians.
0: It should be. It should have been. It but really
1: it, should have been, because the goal. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the the audacity.
0: <laughs> yeah, but. And,
1: <laughs> I'm laughing because I ought to cry, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you said, there, there are some issues. People, people, like you said, people are just tired. I think they're just tired. They just want to go home, eat food, you know, rest up, go to work the next day, and just get on with their lives.
1: But then, so, to, to, this is why I, it baffles me because I feel like we are such easy people to govern. hmm You know, governments would kill for people as chill. Oh, ostensibly, or, ostensibly chill as us, right? Absolutely. But instead of taking that as an opportunity to... Lay out a plan and a promise for Ghanaians and stick to it. And let us believe in you (laughs) and do what you want and do our part to build this country. They take it for granted. And that makes me so mad.
0: Yeah, they definitely take it for granted. And it's funny, you can see how much they take it for granted when they get voted out of power and they want to come back (laughs) in and give you more promises. And it's like, dude, we just like kicked you out. Then you want to come back again with, you know, similar promises.
1: Like I said, they're counting on short memories.
0: <sighs> yeah, we definitely have short memories. True.
1: I bear grudges like no one you will ever meet. So I'd have not forgotten. I <laughs> <laughs> Like the first, the, the Doomsaw of twenty fourteen fifteen scarred me.
0: Oh my like, gosh, I remember that.
1: Multiple sleepless nights in a row because I was so hot.
0: Oh yes, yes. I remember the weather. And when it was so hot. You, no, no wind was blowing. The air was just stale. Ugh.
1: I remember this so well. So I left Ghana early 2015. I'd had enough. Went on holiday. Came back to the UK. And it was, I knew Doomsa had scarred me when... I would wake up in the night like, oh crap, let me plug in my phone. Mm-hmm, like that would mm-hmm. be my first thought. Mm-hmm. Or I would put on the light and there was this feeling in my chest like I wasn't sure the light was going to come on when I flicked the switch.
0: Yes, I remember those times. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't know. Like, <laughs> and I remember you had to have a power bank. You just had to. You, like if yep. you went out and didn't have a power bank, you're crazy.
1: It was awful. And um. I remember at the time, the house was on an electric pump. Mm -hmm. So if there was no power, there was no running water. And so you'd have to go downstairs and outside to the tank to fetch water in a bucket just to flush the toilet.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: If you forgot to, like, fill buckets while the the power was on. And that's fine when you're – well, not fine, but it's easier when the power is off for 12 hours. When it's off for 24 or 36 –
0: Oof.
1: You're definitely gonna need to. <laughs> oh, I remember,
0: Oh my God, I remember those and days.
1: Those are the days I was like, man, I wish I'd learned to carry buckets on my head when I was Because <laughs> I, you know, I don't have the world's strongest arms, and I hated it. I was, I was full of so much rage back then. I was full of rage, lack of sleep, constant discomfort, lugging buckets everywhere. You know.
2: Yeah. I, was just
1: like, yeah, I think it was more than anything just the lack of sleep and then you go to work and
2: oh, yeah, uh, the
1: power goes out and then they'd have to go and buy diesel and one time the landlord wasn't around so we had to go buy it in my car and some of it spilled in the boot and my <sighs> car reeked of diesel for like a month and you know you're just like you haven't slept you get into you know you left the house there was no power you know, and then you so you got dressed in the heat and all sweaty and you get in the car, and you're like, Yay, you know, AC and then you switch <laughs> it on and all you smell is diesel. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> Oof, man, we really I I through.
1: had a lot of rage. I had yeah. a lot of rage back then.
0: Yeah, we really I mean, which is
1: not it. to even not to even begin to say I had it worse like just I'm speaking from a place of pretty extreme, you know, privilege. I didn't have a livelihood that depended on the electricity being on. Like I wasn't a barber or, or a tailor. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't, you know, there are people whose livelihoods, cold store owners, tailors and seamstresses and barbers, they had it much worse, you
0: know? I They think, did. I think most of the cold stores too, like no electricity for the refrigerators. So like they just lost all their fish, their fishery and everything else. Yep.
1: yep. Oof, Meat, fish gone. yeah so you know it was it was more than just uncomfortable for a lot of people
0: yeah i mean literally Um, literally losing money i mean just so bad it was just so bad you you were just wondering like really we've come this far i mean we had a really bad power outage like before with a dam (laughs) and now this was happening again
1: well as one minister of state or some other government spokesperson said at the time, that if your business collapsed due to doom, so it wasn't Domsol's was, no, during doom, so it wasn't Domsol's was fault. It was your fault for not being a smart business person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I remember, I remember that comment. You
1: know, you know, I remember reading that and going, "Man, if I let this thing upset me, I'll be the one who ends up in hospital." So you too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so probably, your blood pressure is just gonna go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like how dare you? But gosh. man, what, a, what our a people are bold, our leaders wow. are bold, except when they need to be. They are bold.
0: <laughs> oh, they're very bold, they can say a lot of stuff. But when it comes to, you know, I need your vote, hey man, yep. help me out. Oh my gosh, but yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know, like I, it's not all doom and gloom, I think it's important to. Remember, some of the good things, so you don't get bogged down with the things that are not so great, right?
0: Sure. Can we get examples so you know? So you can tell people what it is.
1: So, watch it. I'm just, <laughs> kidding, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just a little bit deprived at the moment, so it's all I think about. Mm-hmm. No, no. So, positives. this is gonna be hard. Um not hard because you don't, not not that there aren't any, but I'm not going to try and like force some really trite ones that don't match the gravity of the not so great things we've pointed out. Um, maybe you should go first.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. Uh, let's see. let's see well okay okay one positive i'll give even though it's not where it should be i would say at least with technology as far as our local ecosystem it's Mm -hmm. getting a bit better like when i think about it maybe 2012 to now i can see Mm -hmm. that there have been some companies who are forcing like banks and everybody else to get a bit better because i remember Mm -hmm. back in the day i was trying to like really be digital as far as banking and other services and it was so bad you (laughs) couldn't log in anywhere you had to physically do everything but now thankfully instead of me like going out trying to buy you know data or whatever i can just sit home
2: Mm -hmm. with my
0: phone and do all that so at least in that aspect some conveniences have been taken care of you know Mm -hmm. So at least I can give that a positive, and hopefully I can see that it might get better, maybe going. This
1: forward. is true. This is true.
0: Yeah, that's one positive I can guess. Um, let's see what else. I mean, hmm. Uh, let's see. I don't know if it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that maybe multinational companies are coming down here, and you know, trying to establish themselves.
1: Um. I mean, yeah, it can be good, depending on what they're coming to do. Like, I mean, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, why not?
0: I mean, yeah, but, You but, know, it,
1: yeah. it really is, really but you would like to, I would like to think most of them are coming to hire locals and pay them a decent salary and treat them well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's always a hope, right? Well,
1: one yeah. can only hope.
0: One can only hope.
1: Um. But what she said about uh, what she said about things improving in the, I guess uh, I don't know how you would call it the tech space or the fintech space. I used to work in the fintech space, that there was a marked improvement in for all my complaints about banking, but there was still an improvement in the way they provided services to customers in the five or so years that I was. I was in Ghana. So, yes, that is a positive. And I'm assuming they have continued in that same vein um, in the past year or so while I've been away. So, yeah, that's one positive.
0: Yeah, it is positive. Yeah, people are kind of embracing the new tech culture in a in a way. I mean, that's good. I mean, it could be better. I'm not saying we have room for improvement, but compared to like maybe three four years ago, yeah, was an improvement. So that's a positive we can take away from it.
1: Hmm. I also think a positive is, is the amount of opportunity. There's mm-hmm. white space. Everything from food processing to manufacturing to oh, I don't even know what. There's so much room. There just needs to be a more nurturing environment. Ah uh, yes. Um, in my experience working for founders the environment, especially when you have to interact with a government apparatus, is toxic.
0: <laughs> it is because...
1: For a government that often speaks about young people starting businesses and doing things for themselves, I've never seen, you know, I've, I've never had a, an experience similar to the one I had, say, with a GRA, where <laughs> from the minute you walk in, you're treated like an enemy. Mm-hmm. An enemy combatant. That's how you're treated. You know, I, it shocked me and will always shock me. I got, I would get a phone call. I remember one day I got a phone call. Uh, hello, is this so-and-so company? I said, yes. Uh, we are calling from GRA. What's your address? You are coming to lock your office. Oh, and I said, um, okay, on what grounds? Like, what is this? Yeah, what's the complaint? Yeah. Your tax. And I said, okay, we pay that we pay PAYE, we pay corporate income tax, like which one? And, and it's almost like just asking is enough to set them off. Mm. Because the person has been asked to call you and threaten you, they don't necessarily have a lot of information. Anyway, back and forth, back and forth. It turns out that we had paid, they had just lost the receipt.
2: Oh now, my God.
1: When we, when we pay, as far as I know, it's put into some sort of system. So are you trying to tell me your, if you don't have the physical receipt, there's no computer system that can show you that we paid. And I said to them, they're like, oh, can they, can they have the receipt? I'm like, wait, you oh. called me to threaten me that you will come to my workplace and shut us down. But now that you found out you're wrong, you want me to spend my money to bring you the receipt? I was like, the Vim you're going to use to come and shut the off, oh, come and collect the receipt, come and collect the copy of it. <laughs> <That's>... And then... <laughs> Oh, madame, oh, madame. So I was like, fine. If anybody is free in the office, we'll have them bring you a copy. But then, what the receipt I have is the duplicate. You have the original anyway. Yeah. So, a copy of my carbon copy is going to look horrible, but we'll try. This is, these are the people that you expect entrepreneurs to deal with. <laughs> now, I wasn't the entrepreneur, I was a whole person. I'd say maybe twenty percent of my job was fighting with with those people, which freed up actual founders to develop the business. But what if you yeah. don't have a team? Yeah. You know, you have to pay your taxes in person there at their office,
0: which is ridiculous.
1: I, if I'm if my if my company moves from Adenta to Osu, I can't just go and pay taxes at Osu. I have to move my file. You know. And that's a whole process. Like you can't just pay at any tax office. You have to pay at the particular one you are at, registered at, because paper-based systems, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> it's, I don't know. When you look at how other countries or how more developed countries, you know, PAYE—that's like you know, income taxes when when our governments complain about not being able to raise enough tax revenue i just want to be like and whose fault is that
2: (laughs) and whose
1: fault is that yeah once again you do not want to put in the necessary work to build the infrastructure to give you the results you need it is not my job to prove to you that i have paid taxes that i paid to you and have received for (laughs) you come to my office they you want to do a tax audit and I want to use my receipts to do the audit with no shame. Where are your records? When SNIT came to do their SNIT audit, at least they came with a download from their system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: GRA people will come to your office with their 10 fingers. They have nothing. How, how is that an audit? What are you comparing it against?
0: Yeah, they're and, not very oh, professional. No, yeah, no. yeah.
1: And it hurts me because if, you, if the government doesn't have money, they can't provide the services they need to provide. These people's job mm. is way too important for them to be this bad at it. True. And this is where you can see I'm getting a bit worked up because it, it used to infuriate me. The level of incompetence. And the thing is, I can't even always blame the staff who work there because mm-hmm. it was clear as day that they hadn't received the right training to be good at what they, what they had to do. Yeah. If you cannot read financial statements, you have no business doing tax audits anywhere.
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: That's, at the very, that's the most basic, most basic. If you don't understand, let me give you an example. We had an, an, an incident where they didn't understand how the amount and the financial statement that explained how much we had paid salaries in total for the whole company for the year. Yeah. You couldn't just take that amount and apply the PAYE boundaries to it as a whole and determine how much PAYE we should have paid because PAYE is per person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the very simple things that seem to go over their heads. Wow. And part of me felt for them because I'm like, if you go to a company to do an audit and they have even a tiny idea of how to do their jobs, you are the one who comes out looking like a fool. And that's why they get so aggressive and defensive and threaten you with penalties because they know they have no basis in tax law to come after you. So if I can't prove that you owe taxes, what I do is I accuse you of owing taxes. And you have to prove to me that you don't. You don't
0: owe yeah.
1: Which is insane. So this is where we are. Um, I wish all entrepreneurs the best.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, you do have to pay quarterly taxes even when you are loss making and the business could really do with that money. hmm Yes, you do have to pay withholding taxes, which may equal or exceed your actual operating margins. But I don't know. Land of opportunity and all that. So you can (laughs) just (laughs) say... Oh, or whatever it's sorry ghana open for business gateway to yeah, west africa yeah, right, gateway, land of yeah. opportunities the u.s my god, yeah. my god. Oh, yeah, in, quotes. in quotes trying to get it right gateway to west africa oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> oh my lord
1: so but i mean i still do think that like none of these none of these obstacles is insurmountable so yeah it will make it more painful than if you're trying to start a business and I don't know maybe I beloved Singapore. <laughs> uh, I lived there for a bit last year and in the first few weeks I would just walk around like depressed.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so clean. Oh, everything yes. works so well. Like I'm just, I've just shown up a complete foreigner to Asia, a complete foreigner to this country, and I don't, I can just navigate. I can go where I need to go, get what I need to get, like seamlessly.
0: Seamlessly, yep, seamless. Everything is just seamless.
1: And because the weather is similar to the weather in Ghana, mm-hmm. like it didn't feel like you know, it was it was clear. It was almost like this is what we could have done for ourselves
0: oh so depressing you know <laughs> it's true because if you've um, never been to singapore and-, and then
1: i was like you know what? i can't keep doing this i'm gonna have a good time while i'm here yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was just like whatever man forget it no analysis no philosophy let me just enjoy the chicken rice and whatever the else they had at the hawker center and and just call it a day enjoy my time here and philosophize later mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: so- yeah but so yes singapore is amazing i would live there in a heartbeat uh, I,
0: I told somebody i think i told my mom that hey if i ever got a job in singapore or something to live i'm gonna live there just fyi
1: oh yeah i mean i know this is not much but you can drink the tap water yo i heard about well, that do you know how big that is you open the tap and you drink the water from it mate nothing you don't get it everywhere <laughs>
0: no you don't you don't get it everywhere that's a very rare thing
1: no, when i was a kid when i was in high school even up until when i was in high school in some places you could drink the tap water in accra
2: yeah
1: So it's also about crumbling infrastructure it's not just that we never built it is that we didn't maintain it
0: yeah it comes back to our whole maintenance culture we just put up the structures but we don't even keep it up to date
1: yeah, but you know, I think we are hardy people and we can, we can, we can turn the country around. I have to believe that. I have to.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I, I do think it's funny because you there are a lot of potentials here. It's funny because when you put some people from here in Ghana and you take them to let's say maybe US UK and give them the tools and resources. Mm-hmm they totally blossom and it's like, wow, look at that. And they do way better than their <laughs> counterparts there. So he's like, yeah, you yeah. see, it, all you need is just give people tools and resources to get the thing done and get out of their way and they will do very well.
1: Absolutely. Um... I mean, I live in the UK now. so like, this is a bit rich of me to talk about building Ghana, but man, I needed I needed a little time away. <laughs> but in the past, when I have had the unfortunate experience of having to be hospitalized, um, on one occasion, I was in hospital for three days because mm. I was quite unwell. And I had maybe, in the three days, let's say I had six nurses, you know, day yeah. shift, night shift, day shift, night shift.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think... Two were Ghanaian, two were Nigerian, oh. one was was a white New Zealander, and one I think was uh, from South America. Now, the Ghanaian nurse, you know, when you're on mission in the night, they come and give you blood thinners because you're not really moving, so to prevent you from getting clots. And the night before, the injection had been really painful. So I mentioned to her, I was like, yo, this injection is painful. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, I shouldn't worry. She'll do it in a way I won't feel anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then she finished saying that. And I realized she had finished giving me the shot. I didn't feel it. Oh. This is a Ghanaian nurse.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: So when people say, oh, Ghanaians, this Ghanaians, that Ghanaians, I'm like, <laughs> You look at where the person is going to work every day and how much stress and anxiety the workplace is causing this person.
2: Yeah.
1: And you want the same output as somebody working within a system that works that much better. No, it doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah. It will never work like work like that. Yeah.
1: So as for the capable, we are capable. Um, but we just need, we just need the, right, the right tools, the right leadership, the leadership. I always come back to this. The leadership. Because people are like, well, the leaders are just a reflection of the people.
0: Mm, that I'm like, recurrence?
1: true. But then if you get up and decide to, that you want to enter leadership, I would expect that you are not the average person. You are exceptional. Yep. And if you are not exceptional, then go back to the common floor and hang out with everybody else
0: i agree with that don't
1: come and be like well they're just like oh the people are corrupt so the government's corrupt i'm like somebody um trying to get off running a red light for five cities is not the reason why 2.5 million dollars of bribes passed between hands for a government contract i'm sorry i refuse to believe that you can stand in a corrupt government and accuse citizens of being the reason why you are corrupt
0: <laughs> it's such a terrible Absolutely. excuse that,
1: that i do not buy it's so terrible. <laughs> you go into public office, you're holding yourself up to scrutiny, you're held to a higher standard. That is how it should work.
0: That's, yeah, that's how it works everywhere, as it should be. Because you are you are supposed to be mm-hmm. above the fray. So you should be held accountable.
1: Yeah. I mean... And what I think was the, one of the more interesting slash frightening things I have witnessed over time is how the amount of money that has to be embezzled before Ghanaians get shocked <laughs> has gone like, yo, there was a time when $20,000 could cause uproar. Yeah. Right now, if you mention $20,000, like nobody look at your face. Like
0: Nobody cares about it. Nobody will
1: care. Nobody will care. They'll be like, oh, 20K is yeah, day. Like, what, what, what are we going to, like, what is 20K? Yeah,
0: what is 20K?
1: He probably bought a car for his small girl. You know, that kind of dismissive.
0: Yeah, reaction.
1: Dismissiveness. Because right now we've had 20 million, 30 million, 40 million. We're millions. We're in the millions. <laughs> <laughs> you bring houses nobody will mind you.
0: No, it's sm- small change. Like, no, we're dealing <laughs> with the millions now. Twenty K, please.
1: Yeah. And it's it's been interesting seeing how we're slowly being conditioned to just let the smaller because if most people are living in poverty, is twenty thousand dollars really small. But let the smaller and the smaller theft go, the smaller corruption go. But these small, small, small ones, they also add up.
0: Yeah, they do. So add up.
1: you're not really doing yourself any favors by acting like that's excusable
0: right yeah true true okay so let us just finish up on this one you, um let me ask this one yes. question so we can lead into that do you think sure. in our lifetime we will ever see a female president in Ghana?
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah what? If I live to a hundred,
0: <laughs> oh, oh, come on! Oh, that's really <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, no! I'm, 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 I'm being facetious. Um, I do think we will. It's not one of the. If women give it a go, you know that, you know that thing they talk about how, women CEOs, women leaders are usually allowed in or brought in when, mm-hmm. you know everything's gone, belly up. Yeah. Um, no, um I don't want it to be i mean, I guess you could say i'm I mean beggars can't be choosers, but I don't want it to be one of those um maternal figure woman presidents because then it becomes about cuddling and not making the tough decisions and being about like no no, no. I want us to have a woman president who is, and brave, and willing to make the tough decisions, and mm-hmm. to steer the country, not just to sit on top of it on a, on their throne, feeling so happy that they finally got to be president, like they always wanted to be. I'm not mentioning any names, but you know what I'm talking sure. about. Yeah, no. Like <laughs> it's, it's. I don't, I don't, I want a person to be president. I don't want it to come through Danyan's having all, all these weird expectations like we do of women ministers. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't want it to be one because that just shackles you. It, does. it just shackles you to some nonsense that, you know, you speak your mind. Hey, you're bad, didn't you? you speak your mind. Hey, this one. And suddenly suddenly is monitoring your woman, your vagina. Like, no. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's unfortunate that being a woman leader comes with so much badge. And use those expectations. But I just don't want our first woman president to be beholden to these expectations.
0: Yeah. Do you think the environment so Yeah, we
1: will we will.
0: Do you think we will?
1: Yeah. I mean female presidents in Africa, women presidents in Africa It's not super rare. Yeah, not. I mean it's not super common, but we've had a few
0: yeah I mean that's that's good or a couple yeah (laughs) a couple
1: yeah
0: yeah but do you think the environment only
1: only two come to mind but Mm -hmm.
0: do you think the environment is conducive enough for that like if someone if a woman wanted to run do you think she could actually power through and actually get like a nomination to the point where people vote for her because especially in Ghana like you know how Ghana the Ghanaian environment is like you know how the patriarchy is like. It's very. You strong. said
1: in my lifetime, or oh, I don't. <laughs> you know, you didn't say in the near future, so that's why I'm like hoping that the wheels of time will turn and things will change fast enough for me to see it in my lifetime, Joe. That's the question you asked. I, you didn't ask oh. me the next five ten years. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I I have. So I have to believe that that will happen
0: Yeah, I'm hoping so too I do think I'm, I, I'm hoping so too I mean I, I just think that it's time to give you know other people a chance because you know the world has <laughs> been run by men all throughout history it's like you know these men have really done the best of jobs maybe it's time to give somebody else a baton just to try it out
1: but you know leadership doesn't just you know you don't just become president in a vacuum right So, you need to have a situation where you're not shutting young women out of politics early. So, if you look at, you know, Jacinda Arden or Mm Aidan, I've forgotten how to pronounce her name, Um, Angela Merkel, none of these women, all of these women are relatively young. Yeah, they are. Maybe in their 20s or maybe, yeah, 20s or worse, at latest, early 30s. But if you have a situation where young women, you're only, you're only, purpose in politics is to rally other women and when you rally the other women it's not that you're rallying them to discuss the important the, you know the core aspects of governance you're rallying them I don't even know what they do anymore because it's, you can't even say that they rally the women to um, fight for better maternal health care it seems yeah. they just rally the women to come and shout and sing and praise and scream and cry like correct me if I'm wrong but you know what do women mm. organizers do? apart from drum up more votes
0: yeah that's yeah that's what the men yeah that's what the main objectives are you know get the women involved get them out to vote just that that sort of thing
1: yeah um maybe do some engagement with uh, the the high-ranking women in the markets (laughs) yes yes true which is super important Uh, And I wish they were given more political prominence because, you know, the food supply chain is not to be played with. At all. But, you know, I don't see room for young women to join politics, especially when politicians are known for preying on young women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have the two happen simultaneously where those currently in politics amass young women like assets, Prey on young women, harass young women, and then have room for young women to come in and not be left with the only option to or where the only option is to uh, align yourself with, what, like, or get in through the approval of one particular man with whom you are having a relationship or something like that. Yeah. Whenever you see youth organizers or whatever party, young members of political parties are almost always male.
0: Yeah i noticed that trend Yeah.
1: So where do you think the, the woman president is going to come from I'm not saying you can't come from outside The political system but it becomes a lot more Likely if there are more women Rising yeah, yeah. through the ranks in the party
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah So that will have to change
0: Yeah hopefully as That's attitudes
1: towards women Especially mm-hmm. young women will have to change
0: yeah, hopefully in your lifetime, like you said. I'm hoping happens quicker than later, but yeah. <laughs> Man, I just, yeah, I just.
1: I mean, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it sounds like we're ending on a bad note, but hey, you know, the future is bright. You know, anything. Keeps...
1: I have been trying this whole conversation, try and, you know, <laughs> make it more peppy and positive, and you keep hauling me back to. Whichever circle of hell is
0: I mean, okay, the reality is now, but, you know, the future, anything can change. Let's just end it on a positive note. Like, you never know. Future, things could get better. You never know what's going to happen.
1: Things will get better. Not yeah. Could. They could. will get better. They will get be better. Without getting worse first. They'll just get better by magic.
0: Oh. go <laughs> magic. Yeah, hopefully.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, it's been a good chat. So yeah, um, thanks yeah, for coming it's been on. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it.
1: No problem.
0: Okay, I will Take catch care. you. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. So yes, yeah, stay safe and don't overwork yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, and don't go out unless you go buy groceries, etc., yeah. etc. Yep, yep,
0: yep. <laughs> All right, talk to you later.
1: Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh,
0: bye